Section 11 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 12. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 12. Section 11. Selection. Letter from Mekar Dievushkin to Varvara Alexievna Dobrosielov. From Poor People by Fyodor Mikhailovich Dostoevsky. September 9th. My dear Varvara Alexievna, I am quite beside myself as I write this. I am utterly upset by a most terrible occurrence. My head is whirling. I feel as though everything were turning in dizzy circles round about me. Ah, my dearest, what a thing I have to tell you now. We had not even a presentiment of such a thing. No, I don't believe that I did not have a presentiment. I foresaw it all. My heart forewarned me of this whole thing. I even dreamed of something like it not long ago. This is what has happened. I will relate it to you without attempting fine style, and as the Lord shall put it into my soul. I went to the office to-day. When I arrived, I sat down and began to write. But you must know, my dear, that I wrote yesterday also. Well, yesterday Timofey Ivanovitch came to me, and was pleased to give me a personal order. Here's a document that is much needed, says he, and we're in a hurry for it. Copy it, Mikhar Alexievich, says he, as quickly and as neatly and carefully as possible. It must be handed in for signature to-day. I must explain to you, my angel, that I was not quite myself yesterday, and didn't wish to look at anything. Such sadness and depression had fallen upon me. My heart was cold, my mind was dark, you filled all my memory, and incessantly, my poor darling. Well, so I set to work on the copy. I wrote clearly and well, only I don't know exactly how to describe it to you, whether the evil one himself tangled me up, or whether it was decreed by some mysterious fate, or simply whether it was bound to happen so. But I omitted a whole line, and the sense was utterly ruined. The Lord only knows what sense there was, simply none whatever. They were late with the papers yesterday, so they only gave this document to His Excellency for signature this morning. Today I presented myself at the usual hour, as though nothing at all were the matter, and set myself down alongside Emelian Ivanovitch. I must tell you, my dear, that lately I have become twice as shamefaced as before, and more mortified. Of late I have ceased to look at anyone. As soon as anyone's chair squeaks, I am more dead than alive. So to-day I crept in, slipped humbly into my seat, and sat there all doubled up, so that Efim Akimovitch, he's the greatest he's in the world, remarked in such a way that all could hear him, Why do you sit so like a ee Mekar Alexievich? Then he made such a grimace that everybody round him and me split with laughter, and of course at my expense. They kept it up interminably. 
I drooped my ears and screwed up my eyes and sat there motionless. That's my way. They stop the quicker. All at once I heard a noise, a running and a tumult. I heard, did my ears deceive me? They were calling for me, demanding me, summoning Dievushkin. My heart quivered in my breast, and I didn't know myself what I feared, for nothing of the sort had ever happened to me in the whole course of my life. I was rooted to my chair, as though nothing had occurred, as though it were not I. But then they began again, nearer at hand, and nearer still. And here they were, right in my very ear. Dievushkin, Dievushkin, they called. Where's Dievushkin? I raised my eyes, and there before me stands Evstafi Ivanovitch. He says, Makar Alexievich, hasten to His Excellency as quickly as possible. You've made a nice mess with that document. That was all he said, but it was enough, wasn't it, my dear? Quite enough to say. I turned livid and grew as cold as ice and lost my senses. I started, and I simply didn't know whether I was alive or dead as I went. They led me through one room, and through another room, and through a third room to the private office, and I presented myself. Positively I cannot give you any account of what I was thinking about. I saw His Excellency standing there, with all of them around him. It appears that I did not make my salute. I forgot it completely. I was so scared that my lips trembled and my legs shook. And there was sufficient cause, my dear. In the first place, I was ashamed of myself. I glanced to the right at a mirror, and what I beheld therein was enough to drive any man out of his senses. And in the second place, I have always behaved as though there were no place for me in the world, so that it is not likely that His Excellency was even aware of my existence. It is possible that he may have heard it cursorily mentioned that there was a person named Dievushkin in the department, but he had never come into any closer relations. He began angrily. What's the meaning of this, sir? What are you staring at? Here's an important paper, needed in haste, and you go and spoil it. And how did you come to permit such a thing? Here His Excellency turned on Evstafi Ivanovitch. I only listen, and the sounds of the words reach me. It's gross carelessness, heedlessness. You'll get yourself into trouble. I tried to open my mouth for some purpose or other. I seemed to want to ask forgiveness, but I couldn't. To run away, but I didn't dare to make the attempt. And then, then, my dearest, something so dreadful happened that I can hardly hold my pen even now for the shame of it. My button deuce take it, my button, which was hanging by a thread, suddenly broke loose, jumped off, skipped along, evidently I had struck it by accident, clattered and rolled away the cursed thing, straight to His Excellency's feet, and that in the midst of universal silence. And that was the whole of my justification, all my excuse, all my answer, everything which I was preparing to say to His Excellency. The results were terrible. His Excellency immediately directed his attention to my figure and my costume. I remembered what I had seen in the mirror. I flew to catch the button. 
A fit of madness descended upon me. I bent down and tried to grasp the button, but it rolled and twisted, and I couldn't get hold of it. In short, and I also distinguished myself in the matter of dexterity. Then I felt my last strength fail me, and knew that all, all was lost. My whole reputation was lost, the whole man ruined. And then, without rhyme or reason, Teresa and Faldoni began to ring in both my ears. At last I succeeded in seizing the button, rose upright, drew myself up in proper salute, but like a fool and stood calmly there with my hands lying down on the seams of my trousers no i didn't though i began to try to fit the button on the broken thread just as though it would stick fast by that means and moreover i began to smile and went on smiling at first his excellency turned away then he scrutinized me again, and I heard him say to Evstafi Ivanovitch, How's this? See what a condition he is in. What a looking man! What's the matter with him? Ah, my own dearest, think of that. What a looking man, and what's the matter with him? He has distinguished himself, I heard Evstafi say. He has no bad marks, no bad marks on any score, and his conduct is exemplary. His salary is adequate, in accordance with the rates. Well, then, give him some sort of assistance, says His Excellency. Make him an advance on his salary. But he has had it. He has taken it already, for ever so long in advance. Probably circumstances have compelled him to do so, but his conduct is good, and he has received no reprimands. He has never been rebuked. My dear little angel, I turned hot and burned as though in the fires of the bad place. I was on the point of fainting. Well, says His Excellency in a loud voice, the document must be copied again as quickly as possible. Come here, Diavushkin. Make a fresh copy without errors, and listen to me. Here His Excellency turned to the others, and gave them diverse orders, and sent them all away. As soon as they were all gone, His Excellency hastily took out his pocket-book, and from it drew a hundred-ruble bank-note. Here, said he, this is all I can afford, and I am happy to help to that extent. Reckon it as you please take it and he thrust it into my hand i trembled my angel my whole soul was in a flutter i didn't know what was the matter with me i tried to catch his hand and kiss it but he turned very red in the face my darling and i am not deviating from the truth by so much as a hair's breadth he took my unworthy hand and shook it indeed he did he took it and shook it as though it were of equal rank with his own as though it belonged to a general like himself go says he i am glad to do what i can make no mistakes but now do it as well as you can now my dear this is what i have decided i beg you and fyodor and if I had children I would lay my commands upon them, to pray to God for him, though they should not pray for their own father, that they should pray daily and forever for his excellency. One thing more I will say, my dearest, 
and I say it solemnly, heed me well, my dear. I swear that, no matter in what degree I may be reduced to spiritual anguish in the cruel days of our adversity, as I look on you and your poverty, on myself, on my humiliation and incapacity, in spite of all this, I swear to you that the hundred roubles are not so precious to me as the fact that His Excellency himself deigned to press my unworthy hand, the hand of a straw, a drunkard. Thereby he restored my self-respect. By that deed he brought to life again my spirit. He made my existence sweeter forevermore. And I am firmly convinced that, however sinful I may be in the sight of the Almighty, yet my prayer for the happiness and prosperity of His Excellency will reach His throne. My dearest, I am at present in the most terrible state of spiritual prostration, in a horribly overwrought condition. My heart beats as though it would burst out of my breast, and I seem to be weak all over. I send you forty-five roubles, paper money. I shall give twenty roubles to my landlady, and keep thirty-five for myself. With twenty I will get proper clothes, and the other fifteen will go for my living expenses. But just now all the impressions of this morning have shaken my whole being to the foundations. I am going to lie down for a bit. Nevertheless, I am calm, perfectly calm. Only my soul aches, and down there in the depths my soul is trembling and throbbing and quivering. I shall go to see you, but just now I am simply intoxicated with all these emotions. God sees all, my dearest, my own darling, my precious one, your worthy friend, Mekar Dievushkin. Translation of Isabel F. Hapgood End of section 11. Fyodor Mikhailovich Dostoevsky.